The following is an archival presentation of The Sands of Time, hosted by Joyce Johnson. Before her passing in 2014, Joyce spent more than 25 years recording interviews with her fascinating neighbors. WOMR is committed to preserving this archive and sharing it with our listeners. Some of the material has become dated, but it remains as interesting and vital as ever. This is George Johnson with the Sands of Time, a program of oral history in which we interview our fascinating neighbors. Today we're sitting on the waterfront of Provincetown in the home of Misha Richter. Many of you may know him as a contributor to the New Yorker magazine for over 40 years, I believe. 50 years now, oh well. And, um, but he's also a painter and a very well-known personality here in Provincetown. He has been uh, involved with the Art Association, and in fact, you were president at one point, were you? Yes, for, I remember I was being, I was around there on the board or something at one point when you were there. And um, very active in the community. Misha, uh, give us some background about where you were born and how you happened to get to this area. I was born in Ukraine and I came to Boston in 1922 when I was almost 12 years old, which made me a derivative citizen, a category that no longer exists. And you lived in the north of Boston, did you? No, I was living in Boston till 19... Right in the city itself? In the, yes, uh -huh. on Beacon Hill on Myrtle mm -hmm. Street, mm -hmm. in back of the State House practically. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I left Boston in 1930 when I went to Yale Art School and uh, I never went back to Boston. Hmm. But um, there must have been a long process before you got to Yale. Um, when did you realize that you were very interested in art? Oh, I was drawing since I was two. I don't remember not ever not drawing, so there was never any question in my mind hmm. uh, what to do. I'm very fortunate that way. And you also went to the museum school? Yes, I won a scholarship from the public school system. Uh, they used to give three a year. I don't know what they do now, and I was one of the three in 1929 when I graduated English High. And I went to museum school and I studied with Philip Hale, hmm. who used to scare the hell out of me. Every time he came in the room, he looked like his father's statue in the public garden. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Everett Hale. Yes. Anyway, he was a very good teacher, very interesting yeah, and amusing. Mm -hmm. But then I met somebody who had been to Yale and they thought I might like that. Mm -hmm. So I went to Yale and I was there four years and I mm -hmm. got a piece of paper that states mm -hmm. I was there. Did you also have to take academic courses at Yale? No, no, it was a graduate school. I see. So you did you graduate from the museum school? No, I left because I wanted to go to Yale. I wanted to go to Yale for some peculiar reason. It sounds peculiar now, but in those days I thought if I got a 
diploma from Yale, I might get a teaching job mm -hmm. because I didn't think that mm -hmm. I could ever make a living as a painter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, right in the middle of the Depression, right? Middle is right. Right. 1929 yeah. was the critical year, wasn't it? It was pretty bad, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and so when you got out of Yale, you were looking for a job? No, when I got out of Yale, Mr. Roosevelt okay. had installed all these public works. We're talking about to, President Roosevelt, Franklin Delano. Yeah, uh, he was wonderful in that way. And so I studied mural painting at Yale, which was their big thing in those days. And I was switched to WPA and immediately began working on murals, which oh. is too good to be true. Really? Oh, fantastic. Now, what? tell me about that program, the WPA, which stood for what? Works Progress Administration. Okay. And that was uh, something he put into effect because of the Depression. So right. That, so that artists yes. could continue being artists. And, and the writers, and, and uh, there was theater, for mm -hmm. which I did some uh, scenery, mm -hmm. as well as doing murals. Mm -hmm and there was music and uh, all the arts were sponsored mm -hmm. and uh, the non-art people uh, were given jobs working on all kinds of projects yeah. perhaps roads and mm -hmm. so on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what was your experience as a member of that uh, WPA project Well, the experience is something that could never exist today. There was a kind of a fraternity or sorority or anything. All the people on it were very friendly to each other. They were all in the same boat. And it was a time when artists actually spoke to one another. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. We did our work and uh, then we formed a union too, uh, in which we discussed, you know, brought up our, well, maybe not demands, but certainly requests that mm -hmm. certain things be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In other words, it was a new program, they needed some guidance from re if we the felt, reality of it. If we felt dissatisfied with something, mm -hmm. we would bring it up mm -hmm. with the and, and you said that you did some murals as a part of that program? Yes, because even though I was, oh, I was married at that time already, and uh, I was living in Connecticut when I got through with Yale because my wife came from Connecticut. But because I originally came from Boston, they wanted me to work in Boston. Mm. So I... My wife and I went to Boston, and uh, we got a small apartment there, and uh, I did my murals. But my father-in-law was an old boyhood friend of Holger Cahill, who was uh, the head of the whole art project. So he asked them that I be transferred to New York, where there would be more opportunities to get into private industries. So I switched, that was accomplished, and uh, 
I worked in New York. Again on Euros? Uh, in New York I worked with another man, I forget his name. We worked together on one mural and it was a huge room near the Grand Central Station, one of the buildings there, in which other artists worked. Among them was Stuart Davis right opposite me. Hmm. And he used to come in in the morning and lay out an area and the color and then leave and his assistant would fill in the completely flat areas of the painting. Mm -hmm. And uh, while I was in New York, I I thought it might be fun to do cartoons because I had a, you know, I have a sense of humor, I think. <laughs> anyway, it was renaissance because the magazines were going full force and they were looking for mm -hmm. the very thing that I was able to supply. Wow. So uh, within about a year I was off WPA and uh, the rest is a... Uh, because you got contracts for your uh, I had cartoon. a contract with the New Yorker and then uh, Hearst uh, sent one of his telegrams, you know, get Richter. So I worked, mm -hmm. I worked for Hearst. Mm -hmm. Uh, Strictly Richter was called a panel for 16 years and I illustrated Bugs Bear's column in the pictorial review mm -hmm. because I wasn't satisfied with the money they offered. So they said, well, we'll throw in the illustrations for uh, mm -hmm. Bugs Bear. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I got on television. I was written up all over. It was unbelievable. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just was still in your twenties, maybe, or I was then early thirties, thirty-one years mm -hmm. old or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was fabulous. Yeah. So uh, from that point on, you really were financially taken care of. <clears throat> Didn't have to really slug it out. Oh, yeah, I, I bought a house. We had a cleaning woman and a cook and a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> that All was the days, right? <laughs> I thought that's what happens. I didn't think anything of it. I thought, heck, that's normal. normal. <laughs> you go to school, you'll be a good boy and learn your lesson. You get out and get a good job. <laughs> that is really But funny. I never gave up painting, which is, right. I never really separated one from the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, in those days, uh, cartooning could be anything you wanted to be. You could, mm -hmm. you could make a good drawing and, mm -hmm. or, or a lousy drawing if you want. Mm -hmm. It was up to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have your cartoons had a sort of a theme to them at all or social uh, interest or, or what? I think a lot of them have. But uh, I was brought up by the New Yorker magazine, mm -hmm. who, who were like a father and mother. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful place to work. Mm -hmm. And their approach was never blatant. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, uh, I don't know how to put Gave it. Gave you freedom, sort of. Well, what I mean is it wasn't an out-and-out -out political cartoon, yeah. but it was... Uh, a statement yeah. about social events, okay. you know, socially related events, which came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so I did that. Mm -hmm. And when you went to Yale, did you get scholarships to Yale? I had a, a tuition scholarship, mm -hmm. which I don't think exists anymore. Right. Uh, they which, do have scholarships, I know that, but... Mm, no, I had what's called a tuition scholarship, which enabled my father to pay it off like 10 years or oh, something. Really? Yeah, nothing I that, see. nothing that, uh, hmm. that was any big burden. Mm, right. And your family always supported you going into the arts? Oh yeah, they were wonderful. That really? Way. No, they thought it was... My father thought that was wonderful. Oh, that's, one, that's a help. Some families... Well, and I'm also an only child, which is oh, a help. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. And how did you get connected to the Cape, Cape Cod? Well, I heard from artists about this place. So in 1928, I came here when I was still in high school for mm -hmm. one, for the summer. And then I repeated it in 29 for the summer. Then I stayed away, and when I... Uh, got married and uh, we thought we'd come here summers which was quite a few years later and eventually we bought a house here in 1959 and then proceeded to buy other places selling one and buying another and mm -hmm. ended up in the place where i am now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and now of course i live here all the time yeah you're here you're right. And this place is probably, in the last couple of uh, southwest storms, you probably got hit a bit, right? Yes, I got hit when I bought this house in 78, because oh my. that's the That was the, the big that, one. That was a big one, yeah. I remember that one. But we weathered it. We yeah. were still young and enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> does take a little bit of that energy, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Um, have you got a theme to what you're painting now, or what? Are you just are you doing a lot of abstract work now? Well, two years ago I did a bunch of guys in boxes, you know, the unemployed mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. But I didn't do it very... Uh, Sleeping in those cart cartons, you mean? Yeah, mm. yeah. I did a cartoon for mm. the New Yorker on the subject. Mm. But lately I've been uh, doing more abstract things. Uh, I had a show last year in which went over big, I suppose. Two of the abstract paintings were bought immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're not pure abstraction because I believe that all painting is abstract in mm -hmm. the sense that the formal means is there no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I oh, mean, sure. It's only because they're abstract that they work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why a lot of painting today is terrible, because the people doing the abstract quotes haven't got the foundation. Right. I mean, there's so much junk out there. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not going to be critical, right? No. <laughs> um, you, in living in Provincetown, then you've seen many, many changes here. Well, the, the big not. change is the fishing, because it's yeah. gone, uh, and, and the wharfs are gone. There yeah. are many wharfs, and of course fewer people, <laughs> fewer people. Year-round, you mean? Just summers. Even, even you think fewer people? I think there were fewer people, yeah. Mm. You're talking about artists? Oh no, I mean just tour anybody. tourists. Just, well, just certainly human different. Be human beings. Human beings <laughs> walking the street. Oh, I thought yeah. the roads were pretty crowded. But I had a shop here um, uh, 
um, way back in the mid-1960s. And that, I think, was, a, was sort of a turning point in the people and what people were coming down here for. At that time, you still had Hershon coming every fall and going into some of the galleries and saying, I'll take that, 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 and that. And it seems that that's changed. That doesn't happen much anymore. Or if it does, everyone's quiet about it. Well, I don't know because I didn't keep up with gal yeah. I never kept up with galleries. Yeah. 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 Where are you showing where are you going to show your where did you show this last show you said you had? Well, the last one was the uh, group gallery which is mm -hmm. now next you know next to the flagship and that right. but originally I showed with the original group gallery Way back. too. That was tell, tell us of that was a wonderful group. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the people you knew there. Well, of course, uh, Eddie I Euler, knew, right? Well, I knew everybody there. Yeah. Eddie was, and... Uh, pardon? Uh, list, can you list some of the names? Well, Forsberg was... Jim Forsberg Jim, uh, was there. And uh, Trish. And her Who's husband, Trish? Sabina Trish. Oh, Sabina. Yes, Sabina Teichman. And her, Trish Teichman. Yeah, yeah, and her, uh, her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget some of the names. David, I think Del, David Tushman. Yeah, and De Del Deo. Was Sal, yeah. yeah. Sal. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's Eddie see. Euler. He had his no. little tri triggeries in there at one point. I remember he that. Yeah, he might, but he didn't show steadily. No. No. Was Ray but, Wells actually in that show? Yeah, she was in there. Yeah, she was one of the organizers, the, I think. Yeah, she was very active. Yeah. Of course, then they moved to had the muse at their property at the restaurant. Remember? Right, right. Yeah, the little place there on the left. Yes. Yeah, they wanted me to. At that time, I got invited, but I didn't join it because I just, mm -hmm. I didn't at that point want a gallery. I guess. Well, you do good work. I know. <laughs> I putter along. <laughs> well. But um, and then that gallery moved up. I guess it had several moves and ended up um, where the DNA is now, and then it folded. Right, then it right. Folded. Moved all over yeah, the place. Yeah. DNA was the last where the DNA yeah. is now. The tennis club was yeah. the uh, was the last place. Yeah. It was a beautiful area, but I think it was hard to. Most people didn't get that far. Yeah. Didn't walk I know. that. Far. You had to really know about it yeah, too. No, that's uh, upstairs, right. you know, all you that's saw right. is Once the Once you got there, club. it's a beautiful, Very beautiful nice. area. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting business. Yeah. Do you follow the politics of Provincetown at all? Mm, no. In fact, I, I've given up on politics. And all? Period? Yes. yes. <laughs> I Worldwide? Don't want, I don't want to build a bridge. I'm still trying to build a bridge to this century, <laughs> to the 20th century. <laughs> Tell me what you mean by that. Well, I think we are... Quite a few years yet till the twenty-first. How are we going to weather it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you? What do you see as our greatest problems today? Selfishness. Hmm. Greed and that kind of thing, huh? I think. I think. Yes, it's like the old English song. It's the rich what gets the pleasure, and it's the poor what gets the blame. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think a country should be judged by the way the poorest person lives, mm -hmm. not the richest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the other bon mot, which might apply today in some way, when Joe Lewis said, 
There are a lot of things wrong with this country, but Hitler ain't the one to fix it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not sure. <laughs> I think it's wonderful how some of these people can nail it right down instead of just get carried away with long speeches. <laughs> I notice, um, Misha, that you often laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> Is that what's happening? Which, you know, you really enjoy not jokes, but your cartoons, and that's probably a lot to do with it, right? When did you start having this tendency to to transform ideas and thoughts and concepts into I always had it, and I don't know what it is, but uh, I always end up by laughing at things. <laughs> I know, it's wonderful. Well, I, uh, I don't know what else there is, actually, <laughs> when you come right down to it. You better be laughing, right? <laughs> What would, if you had something that you wanted to um, pass on to young people today, um, what, what um, you know, take as much time as you want, um, what would you sort of advise them and, uh, and counsel them with? I mean, well, you you've see, had all those years of experience. <laughs> well, my experience was, you must remember that when I got out of school, radio was new and television was just coming in and mm -hmm. movies were still black and white and, you know, and everybody was smoking themselves to death mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in the movies. Camels, the worst. Yeah, yeah, so, but today it's, it's like the industrial age, I mean, but it's not an industrial age, it's a tremendous change, so I'm mm -hmm. at a loss. Really? Uh, uh, well, the obvious thing is that if you're fortunate enough to like something, like a lot of, a lot of people are not that way, you feel immediately mm. drawn to something, mm. I would pursue that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. And as far as uh, those who don't know what they want, I'd go to school and... Mm -hmm and stick to it right. and get papers. My lawyer used to say, everybody, these people love papers. Yeah. Your word doesn't count. The more papers you show them, the more they're impressed. Yeah, I think that... Get yeah. all the degrees you yeah. can, all the papers to show that you really know something. I know. Because there are going to be a lot of people competing with yeah. you. I know. I think it's, what you're saying is very true. I was talking to someone about that the other day. <clears throat> it makes a big difference. Uh, you know, you're not necessarily going to... Nece the learning depends on the individual. So if you go to Yale, if you go to Mass University, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to learn more or less at either one, even though Yale probably has more things that they can provide you with as tools. But, um, but it makes a difference on the paper, you know. Whether Absolutely. When you go to get the job, if you've got Yale or Harvard or something on there, it's going to make a big difference. But I don't feel that I know enough to really advise anyone yeah. in this, you know, yeah. I'm not that. Since you had such right. a good fortune going from school to WPA and then into some, what we can probably call for those days, very lucrative jobs, you must have also known many people who didn't have that opportunity. I mean, one of your good friends is Will Barnett who I've uh, interviewed him several times and obviously struggled um, traveling all over Timbuktu to, for teaching jobs. 
even though from his early days he was very productive and very well accepted, I think, in the art world. But it seems as though he worked hard. Well, he works all the time. He's, he doesn't uh, stop even now. He's in there doing oh, sure. his 86, Well, he's, he's, he loves to work. He loves yeah, that's his work. part of his life. Yeah. But he got a job as a, with Gregory, you know, who came from Provincetown, the photographer. Jack was, Gregory, yeah. yeah who was uh, the, the, old, was, the oldest house. Yeah. Also, and, also a lithographer, right? Right, and, he, and Will got a job oh, really? working with him as as an assistant in lithography ah, at the art students. I see. And then he took over. Right, yeah. But he's, uh, well, he's one of my oldest friends from school in Boston. Will. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. uh, then uh, he introduced me to my wife. Uh -huh. So he's, he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm an uncle to all his kids. <laughs> so I'm... Um, it's Renaissance. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Um, yeah, Will, when, did you ever live in New York City? Uh, briefly, yes. Mm -hmm. When I first began to work there in WPA, yes. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Darien, Connecticut. And how, how do you feel about the New York City art life at that time? Was it a scramble or was it something possible? I think it was uh, much simpler, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. I got to know a lot, a lot of the painters, mm -hmm. friends of mine. Mm -hmm. The galleries were uh, more accessible. You could get into galleries. Mm -hmm. It was a good time yeah. to get in. And you could do whatever you wanted well, to do. Well, and... things were... Uh, I mean, people were still talking about modern art, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> which today is no longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ha, okay, and then the other question I had was, um, have you gotten into computers at all? Because that's where, I mean, they got kids in kindergarten working on computers now, you know. I have, I have no connection with computers. So you, you really see when you were saying about kids, where they're going today? they are going into a world that is controlled by computers, that's for sure. Right, and the whole art world is going to be controlled, yeah. is already. It's amazing what and, you can do. Uh, anything you see on television is going to be much more powerful in influencing your visual mm -hmm. outlook mm -hmm. than uh, anything you see in the mm -hmm. gallery, it's unfortunately. Like, yeah, and unfortunately. You, you used to be able to think that, to most extent anyway, that even a photograph was a photograph, but right. but now because of computers, you know, they put the negatives into the computer, right? And they can do anything. The only hope is that when something like that is printed in a printed form uh, for publication or something, that it's going to say not a photo by, mm -hmm. but a realignment or or a composition developed by. Because well, some painters use computers now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. want to name anyone, but yeah. a good friend of mine does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A big show in New York so, every year. What do you What do you think about this? I mean, it's losing contact with you know a piece of wood that <laughs> seems and and leaves and trees and and what supposedly is reality. It seems to be that we're going to have this other sort of to me, it's a fantasy world because nothing is real in it. 
and will computers become real? Well, I'm not qualified. Is it, yeah, to it's make just, well, I'm just throwing it out. I don't. I don't I, think anybody. I, I knows. don't know, but I think creative people will always be around. Yeah, and always. And so seek somebody the will do something with it that will. Their personality will come through, and yeah, in some way yeah. that that's exciting. It's, it's going to be very interesting to watch right. this kind uh, of evolution. You you can, you cannot argue against that which mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. and that yeah. is. That's right. And this is another a new world. That's right. It's a new world, and we can only hope that people, you know, keep one foot in that, maybe one foot in this other world, which is well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if you know. I knew everything when I was 18. <laughs> you should have asked me then. <laughs> okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode from the archives of Joyce Johnson. Although some of the material may have been dated, we here at WOMR think it's important to continue to share it with our listeners.